I am so excited about this. I want to welcome you to the Purpose Project Podcast. During our time together, I will teach you how to pray, how to intentionally develop intimacy with your Creator, and challenge you to discover and embrace your God-ordained purposes. I am your host, Margie Florent. My prayer for you today is that you will be empowered and strengthened in the Word of God to move forward into your destiny. I, my mandate is to teach the world how to pray, and it just has different facets and different uh, branches. And tonight we're going to hone in and zero in on contend, stewarding the hearts and destiny of our children through prayer. I've been in the ministry for 42, 43 years been preaching and teaching in churches and women's groups and Bible studies for a long time. Thought about retiring. God said, not allowed you to retire. It's a time to refire. As a matter of fact, I was preaching in one of my churches, Bob Sharp Worship Church, and I got up to minister and the Holy Ghost. I had an encounter publicly with the Holy Spirit. And I began to uh, prophesy basically to myself. And the Spirit of God just said to me. I love when that happens. Oh, yeah, I know, right? Because we're in the anointing, so there's no distractions. And so, boom, he hits us. And he just said, you know, he said, listen, you got to answer the call. You've got to keep going forward. You can't look back. You got to press toward the mark. I have things for you to do. There's yet more. You are now old, as the scripture says, yet there is more for you to do. Um, You're one of the mothers that I'm raising up. I know sometimes you may get tired. You may want to take a nap in the middle of the afternoon, like people our age. But he said, I've called you and commissioned you, and I'm placing a fresh mantle on you. And specifically, I've called you to teach people how to pray and contend for the hearts and destiny of their children because we're living in perilous times and it's a time not for us to sit back to grow weary and well-doing to be tired like so many are in this moment in this season he said it's time for my mothers my fathers those of you that know how to pray have contended for your children to rise up and teach this next generation how to pray so in that moment, I, the Lord just came and he put this, I don't know, I guess it was a cloak, like a mantle on me and said, I want you to go forward and I want you to do what I've called you to do. Yes. So, yeah, we do have the new book coming out. I have it right here next to me. I'm going through the final <clears throat> editing process. Those of you that are writers, you know the whole process. I think this is probably our fourth, fifth, sixth edit. And we've turned the book into um well, and now some of it has an outline format, so churches and Bible studies and women's groups can use the book uh, to teach other parents, young parents, any kind of parent, grandparents, how to pray for your children. So, hi, Stephen. So, we're really excited about this subject. Um, there's a lot of stories and a lot of friends of mine that have given their testimonies of how they prayed for their children who are just in a really bad way. And through prayer, through intercession, through travail, they saw the birth of their child's destiny or the rebirth of their um, whole situation, meaning that they were on drugs or on whatever, a very bad path. And the Holy Spirit grabbed them, encountered them, apprehended them, and brought them out of the darkness and into the light of God. So prayer opens up the door for God to work. 
So we're just really excited to get this message out. And, you know, Michael, you know how it is. You know, the devil, you know, if he can get to the pulpit, he can get to the people. So, you know, I mean, I've had a tremendous amount of warfare over this manuscript, over this assignment, over the last three years. It's just been unbelievable. And I just said, you know, I am not stopping. I refuse to quit. I refuse to give up. I'm going to, again, press toward the mark and do it. Because that's what we got to do, Michael. We just got to do it. There's a whole generation of, of young people that are waiting for us to continue just to do what we're called to do. Yep. You know, it's like Brother Hagen. You know, every time one of these men and women of God have passed on and, and gone to heaven, I, I just could feel the weight of the responsibility just beginning to come on us. You know, you know, just little us, you know, just people who are being willing and obedient to do what God's called us to do. But somebody's got to pick up the mantle. Somebody's got to take that leadership That's role. It. Somebody's got to do it. And so, like you said, before we went live, you know, you're, you know, you're, you have no intention of slowing down, you know, and we're just going to keep doing this folks. This Michael would say, folks, we're just going to keep <laughs> doing this folks until we go on to be with Jesus. So I know I'm you so, know me too well. <laughs> I said I'm going to be like Joyce Meyer. I'm going to be 75 or however old she is, still preaching, and then I'll be like Billy Brim. I'll be rocking in my chair praying. You know, no matter what, we've just got to keep living in the light of eternity, and we've got to keep doing what God has called us to do. Amen. Absolutely, absolutely. You and I are are very different, but very much alike. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of the same spiritual DNA because of Dad Hagen. Yep. And there's something that we've received. There have been the generals and the, the mothers and the fathers in the faith that have imparted to us. And I remember, I don't know if you remember this, but back in like 2016, when I was commissioned, and you were with me at my commissioning and we were talking back at that time and we were comparing notes and saying, we have to rise up and take what's been given to us because mm -hmm. there's another generation that we've now got to give it to. And that desire, that, that mandate is just as strong, if not stronger now than it was five years ago mm -hmm. in 2016. Mm -hmm. And we're the same. I mean, we, we've got that same DNA. We're both 42, 43 years in ministry. We've been doing this a long time, but there is no quit. There isn't. There is no quit. And, you know, I look at my mom and dad. Yes. Dad's 83. I know. <laughs> and mom's 81. Amazing. And they're both still teaching and preaching. Yeah. You know, and, and I look at people like Papa Dorn, who I know you've probably never met, but Papa Dorn is in his 90s. I never met him. And still teaching and preaching. So, I mean, there there's people that have carried this torch and it's up to us. And it's amazing how many people I talk to that are in their 50s and 60s that God is raising up right now. And the cry and the heart is for mothers and fathers in the faith mm -hmm. to pour into the, that next generation. I want to open this up in prayer. 
And then I want you to swing for the fences and go anywhere that you want to go, whatever's in your heart. You want to preach, preach. You want to teach, teach, whatever you want to do. And when you excite me, I will tag in. Father, in the name of Jesus, we are grateful for this opportunity tonight to share what you've put in Margie's heart to release to the body of Christ. She's a mother in the faith. She carries a mother's heart. And she's talking about praying over and steering children into their destinies. And if there's ever a time that we need to see the sons and the daughters be steered into their destiny, it's now. And even as a Deborah of old, who was a mother in Israel, you've raised her up at a time like this to be a mother in the body of Christ to speak into an up-and-coming generation. Not just the teens, not just the 20-somethings, but the 30-somethings and the 40-somethings. You've called her to speak into and to steward their hearts because children come in multiple ages. And so I thank you that she has experience as a natural mother and she's got experience as a spiritual mother. Even now, I ask, sir, that you would anoint her lips of clay, make her tongue the pen of a ready writer to speak a word in season, seasoned with grace, and give us ears to hear, eyes to see, and hearts to receive what the Spirit is speaking to the church through this vessel, through your handmaiden. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Go, sis. Where do you want to go? Well, the title of what ha has been placed on my heart in this new season is Contend, Stewarding the Hearts and Destiny of Our Children Through Prayer. And I've had people say, well, why are you calling the book, the, the, the main title, Contend? Because we have to contend for our children. Yes. There is a place as parents where we need to contend for them, meaning we fight for them in prayer. And we also pray for them that their faith fail not, that, that what God has begun in their lives and in their hearts, he will bring it to completion. We have to believe God and contend for their destinies through prayer. Yes. And the very first time I realized that I was not only called to give birth to my children in the natural, but also called to be give birth to them in the spirit was when I was literally in the birthing room. God had given me a promise. He said, Margie, you are going to be the happy mother of children. Children are the heritage of the Lord. I am going to reward you with children. I am going to give you the desires of your heart. And one of the greatest desires of my heart when I was 34 was to be a mother. And I grabbed the hold of those scriptures and those verses. And I said, Lord, you're no respecter of persons. What you've done for others, you will do for me. And I, at the time, had a fertility issue. So I ended up in the hospital. They did some surgery on me to correct some things, but I still wasn't getting pregnant. So to make a very long story short, 
um, I had conceived my twins uh, through in vitro fertilization. And the interesting thing about that is that God had actually spoken to me that in my first pregnancy, I would have twins and I would conceive through in vitro fertilization. And in my second pregnancy, I would get pregnant on my own. So the Lord had given me that revelation and that insight while I was already in the process of in vitro. And I believe he gave it to me because I was discouraged. I was believing God. I was standing on the promises. And I didn't know why I just wasn't getting pregnant on my own that God had to use doctors. So the Lord was just confirming to me that it's okay. I'm using these doctors. This is what's going to happen. I prophesy this to you before I ever form them in your womb. I already have these kids prepared for you. This is what's going to happen. And this is how it's going to happen. But he didn't tell me the whole story. So I got pregnant the very first shot through in vitro fertilization, which any of you that have ever been through the fertility process knows that that is not always the case. Usually it takes three, four, five times, so on and so forth. But the very first shot, I got pregnant with twins, just like the Lord said. So I carried my pregnancy and got the room ready for the kids, you know, the with the crib and the wallpaper and got everything ready. And the day of my shower, I was 30 weeks, three days pregnant. And the day of my shower, I went into preterm labor and they rushed me to the hospital. And lo and behold, Michael, I was in preterm labor and ready or not, these babies were coming. Wow. And that is very, that is very early for twins to be born 30 weeks. It's about nine and a half weeks early. And so what happened is they rushed me in for an emergency C-section and they, the very first baby that was born was my son, Jonathan. And when he came out, he came out crying and screaming and, you know, making all the noises that babies do when they're born. He was born at three and a half pounds. They whisked him away. And then my second baby, baby B, they called her. She did not want to be born. She kept crawling up my ribs. She didn't want to be born, but they eventually were able to get her out. And when they took her out, she was not crying. She was not breathing. And I said, I'm not putting up with this. I'm not tolerating this. Lord, you promised me that I was going to have twins in my first pregnancy and, and a singleton in my second. You promised me that I would be the happy mother of children. You promised me that children are the heritage of the Lord. You promised me that you would give me the desires of my heart. So right there in the delivery room, not only did I give birth to them in the natural, I realized that I was answering the call to contend for them, to pray for them, to intercede for them to fight for their lives, to make sure that these babies that were born for a time such as this were going to be everything that God had called them to be. And that's the power of a praying parent. That's the power of a praying mother. That's yeah. the power of a praying father. And I took authority over the devil. I was, you know, I mean, I'm laying there, okay? I got the whole thing going on. C-section, the whole thing. I don't care. I didn't even care. I began to pray and intercede for them, break the power of the devil, command life to come into my daughter's lungs, breath into her lungs. And right then and there, that's when the Lord birthed in me this call to steward the hearts and destiny of my children through prayer. And that's how the journey began for me. 
right in the delivery room. And that's what we need to do, Michael, as parents. You know, you don't just pray once for your kids and stop. No, it is a lifelong call, a lifelong commission. And then some people say, well, you know, I don't really know that much about prayer. Well, you just have to know a few scriptures, apply them, and then we'll talk about this later and pray in the spirit. You know, we don't know everything about our children. We don't know everything about their destiny. We don't know everything about their call. But he that searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the spirit. And he knows exactly what they're called to do. Destiny is written in their heart. The call is in their heart. They've been raised up for such a time as this. And so after we've done everything we know to pray in English, we just enter in and we pray in tongues. And so that's one of the weapons of our warfare as a parent. I, you know, I tell people all the time, I pray a whole lot more in tongues than I do in English. Mm -hmm. I'd say 90% of my prayer time is in tongues. Mm -hmm. And I pray in English when I have to lead in prayer so that people can agree with what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Other than that, Mm -hmm. I am fluent in dialects and rivers Mm -hmm in the spirit and mm-hmm. tongues. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Lord, we're going to pray about this. What are we praying? Mm-hmm. And just go. Mm-hmm. Well, what a way to pray the, the will of God. What? I said, what a way to pray the will of God. Absolutely. And it's a way to not pray our own will on our children. Because yes. as parents, we have what we think our children should be or our children should do or college admissions People have have their own view of what the kids should be and what the kids should do. But God ultimately should have the final say, because what's coming up in my spirit is these kids were born for such a time as this. And Michael, you know, we were talking about before we went on where these kids, these young people, they're living in perilous times. I mean, we just had another shooting in Michigan. You know, between the Twin Towers coming down, the millennials saw that. Between the Twin Towers, the school shootings, the pandemic, the digital learning, all this trauma, you know, these kids need our support as parents. And we've got to step in. And I have to say this. I know that some of you as parents, you're tired yourselves. And you've been through a lot yourselves, especially in the last two years. But my friends... This is not a time for us to draw back. If the only thing that you do in this next season of your life is stand in the gap and pray for your children, then so be it. And you may say, well, you know, I'm not a perfect parent. Well, you don't have to be a perfect parent. You can be a praying parent and you can be a praying prophetic uh, parent. And, And prayer turns ordinary parents into prophets. Ordinary parents into seers, ordinary parents who are watchmen on the walls of their own households and families. And so I just want to encourage you not to think that you're not equipped to do it. God has called you and God has equipped you. If he has given you that child or those children, then you are called and equipped to stand in the gap for them and put up the hedge for them and help give birth to their destinies because they are living in perilous times. Absolutely. Absolutely. Say hi to your daughter. Who is it? Danielle. 
Is Danielle on? Hi, Danielle. I was just talking about you. Oh my gosh. I was just talking about you. As a matter of fact, they heard me speak for the first time up at Joe Sources last month. So they were, you know, they're used to mommy, mommy, mommy. They're not used to preacher mommy, preacher mommy. Preacher mommy? Oh, believe me. John is very used to preacher daddy. Yeah, exactly. John, John just rolls his eyes. Because <laughs> he knows. He knows. He knows. He, he's you know, very Michael, I read an article, and this is way back in 2016, and this was from Time Magazine. And I'm going to read it to you, just, just a couple of things. The article said, it was November 7, 2016. It, it, the title was, The Kids, and this is not a negative confession, okay? This is actually the truth. The okay. kids are not all right. Subtitle is, American teens are anxious, depressed, and overwhelmed, and experts. This was in 2016, are struggling over as to how to help them. And I saw this in my own house. And we're talking about, you know, my kids were born in 1992. So you're talking about when my kids were teenagers and high school. And and I, I always had all the kids in my house, all the young people in my house. And I have to tell you, I've never seen so much anxiety, panic attacks, fear, phobias. And, 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 and these kids... They need our support in prayer because they're not all right. Yeah. And it's not God's will for them to be anxious or worried or fretful or, or, or have any kind of anxiety about anything. Like our generation, we grew up, you know, we didn't have the kind of stressors that these young people have. You know, I remember I was, I was walking my dog, uh, here in right here in my own neighborhood in New Jersey, and this is how the kids are wired. And and I was getting ready to go outside, and there was a big bang, boom, outside in our neighborhood somewhere. And the first thing my daughter Jacqueline said to me is, "Mommy, do you think those are gunshots? Like this is how they're thinking. Right? They're living in a fight or flight mode, so to speak." But the good news is we could come in and we could stand in the gap for them and we can pray for them. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So when you are warring or contending, and I like the word contend. Yeah. I actually like that word. It it just makes you want to, it gives you one right. of those moments. So when you're contending for your children, mm -hmm. What do you tell people? Okay, parents, pull, you know, pull up your big boy pants, pull up your big girl pants. Let's go roll up your sleeves and get with it. Mm -hmm. How do you take them into basic training to contend for their kids? The parents? Yeah. Well, I'll tell, I'll tell you what I tell them. Take the need that you see in front of you. Agree with the word of God, what God says about their need. And that's what you present before the throne room of grace, Hebrews 4, 16. You don't pray the problem over and over and over and over again. You pray the answer. What is the answer? All of my children are taught of the Lord. And great is the peace and the undisturbed composure of my children. You pray the scriptures. 
You pray the word. You don't pray worry prayers. You know, how many of you know what I'm talking about? As parents, you're always going to be the parent. Even in their 20s and their 30s and their 40s, no matter what, you're always going to have them in your heart. But you don't want to pray worry prayers, fear-filled prayers. You want to pray faith-filled prayers. And the way we use our faith is with the word of God. And I can give you some scripture. Here's, here's a scripture. I already said it. Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child in the way that they should go. And when they are old, they won't depart from it. So father, I thank you that I've raised my child in church. I thank you that I've trained him up in the ways that he, they should go. I thank you that your word says they will not depart from it. So praying the scriptures, praying the answers. Here's another one. Acts 16, 31. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved and your entire household. That's a promise, Michael. And all the promises of God are yes and amen. Here's another one. All of your children, this is one of my favorite, shall be taught of the Lord and great will be the peace of your children. Here's another one. For those of you that have children that are called of God, what does it say in Joel 2, 28? It says your sons and your daughters will prophesy, right? Now, I believe that's also, um, it also means that they're going to operate in the see, a spirit of seeing and knowing. And we see in this whole season that we're in right now is there's a rise of witchcraft and the rise of the new age. Well, on the inside of the hearts of these children, these young people, there's a hunger and a thirst for the supernatural. Well, we can pray into that. We can believe God. We can mm. desire spiritual gifts. We can desire that these young people see a move of God like we saw when you and I were growing up. We can pray into that. And we can pray into that our sons and our daughters are going to prophesy. And they're going to operate in the supernatural. And they're going to sense the anointing of God come upon them. There's nothing like the anointing of God. Okay, we know that the Bible says that God said, I would that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. That's a basic foundational scripture. So if you have a child that's not saved, it's God's will that they be saved. Not only saved, but that word saved means healed, delivered, safety, and soundness. You could pray that. You could pray safety over your children when they're driving in their cars. Michael has a new, new, new driver in his house. When I had new drivers in my house, two in one year and then three in a year and a half, I prayed Psalms 91 over them. I didn't pray a worry prayer. I prayed Psalm 91. Thank you, Father, that my children dwell in the secret place of the Most High. They abide under the shadow. You know, you are their divine protector. A thousand will fall at their side and 10,000 at the other side. You give your angels charge over them, praying the word, praying the scriptures. Isaiah 55, 11 says that the word of God does not return void, but it produces and accomplishes for what it is sent forth to do. You know, there's a, a verse of scripture that's coming up in my heart that, that you will decree a thing and it shall be established. So it's reminding God of his word, putting that word of God out there into the atmosphere. And that word generates the presence of God on the behalf of your children. So I just tell people, pray the scriptures. I could give you some more. We said it before, Philippians 1, 6, being confident of this very thing. He that has begun a good work in our children will bring it to completion. You know, 
and 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 that that's true for children who have been born again child of the children of god but they're starting to go the way of the world well you then that are strong can bear the infirmities of the weak yep. you could go in through the prayer of intercession lay one hand on them one hand on god and pull them out of that darkness dispel the influence of that darkness and cause the light of the gospel to shine into their hearts. How is that possible? Through prayer. Through prayer. Through Absolutely. praying the scriptures. Here's another one. And this will be the last one. Isaiah 49, 25. But this is what the Lord says. Yes, captives will be taken from warriors and plunder retrieved from the fierce. I will contend with those who contend with you and your children I will save. So it's basically standing on the promises of God, believing what God said about our kids and trusting that and not, not looking at the circumstances. As a matter of fact, things, when you start praying for your kids, sometimes things will get worse before they get better. Yeah. Worse before they get, you cannot be moved. Don't be moved by what you see. Don't be moved by what you hear. Don't be moved by what they say. Don't be moved by their attitude. Be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of prayer, knowing that your labors in prayer are not in vain. Okay? Just keep praying. Because when you pray, what's happening is you're going into the realm of the spirit and you're uprooting things and you're pulling down things. And you're making the crooked way straight and the rough places plain. And you're changing things in the spirit, in the atmosphere, in the unseen realm. But the natural hasn't yet lined up with what's happening in the secret place. Yeah. But that's why you got to keep praying and don't give up. You know, you think about, Michael, like the time that Jesus cast the devil out of that little boy. Right. And what happened? Jesus commanded the spirit to leave. And what did what did the demon do? The demon, the Bible says that the spirit tore him. He fell to the ground, foamed at the mouth, and then the devil left. That's kind of how it is sometimes when we pray for our children. That things get worse before they get better. That's why we've got to walk by faith and not by sight. Be steadfast, immovable. Jesus said, Luke 18, 1, men ought to always pray and not faint discouragement is an enemy to our prayers. The devil would try to want to come in and put a cloud of discouragement on parents and say, there's no hope. You know, they're lost. They're never right. coming back. They're never coming home. Forget about it. Forget about it. Forget about it. Well, that's warfare against your prayers. What I've learned about spiritual warfare is if I'm getting a lot of warfare in certain regards and what I'm praying about, I know that the answer is right around the corner. Yeah. Right around the corner. Your answer, there's somebody that's listening. Your answer is coming right around the corner. You're like that woman, you know, who's 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 in labor. And you've been laboring in prayer for your, your child, laboring fervently in prayer, like the Apostle Paul said. And you've been laboring. And you, the manifestation, listen, is right around the corner. Don't stop now. There will be a performance of those things that have been told you by the Lord. Don't give up. 
Zion, which is you, the church, the praying parent, will give birth to that which you've been believing God for on the behalf of your child. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Keep praying. You know, I'm listening to you talk and I hear the verse in my spirit. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are unseen. And if we go by the circumstances that we see, it'll keep us from praying what we believe. Mm -hmm. Because the circumstances are contrary mm -hmm. in many cases to what we believe. Mm -hmm. And sadly, many of us have not learned one of my mother's favorite sayings. Mm -hmm. And if you're around my mom when she's teaching, she will usually yell this. <laughs> it, it's crazy to see this little five foot, well, used to be five foot two, but I think she's down to five one now. She but just this, a little bit. The, this five foot one, 81 year old woman yell and shake her fist and say, yes. The facts are not the truth. Yes. Yes. And we haven't learned that. Yes. Facts are temporary and mm -hmm. subject to change. Right. But thy word is truth and yes. is forever settled in heaven. And we supersede the facts with the truth of the word of God. We look not at the things which are seen, but mm -hmm. at the things which are unseen. And I'm reminded where God said, put me in remembrance of what I have said. Come, let us reason together. That's the Come and talk to right. me. Right. Right. Come reason. and talk to me about what I have said. Right. And We've got to realize that God's not telling us to put him in remembrance because he doesn't remember. There is nothing wrong with God's memory, but he's looking for us to come into covenant agreement with him mm -hmm. about what he has declared and already stated. Amen. And when we come into agreement with him about what he has stated, Somebody was saying, pray the promises, pray the promises. And that's what it comes down to. My mama used to also always say, pray the promises, not the problem. Right. right. And that's what you're saying. That's yes. what this is about. Right. Looking not at those things. We, there's many times, and it's not just for your kids, it's about multiple circumstances in your life mm -hmm. where the circumstances are contrary to the word of God. Mm -hmm. But they're temporary and subject to change. Look, you can get a headache, <laughs> but you can take two aspirin or Excedrin and your headache will go away. It's a fact that's temporary and subject to change. Right. So look at the unseen Yep. Pray the promise, not the problem. Put him in remembrance right. and come into covenant agreement with him about what he has declared over your children. Right. You just got so many bullets to put in your spiritual prayer gun. Prophetess Margie just gave you a clip. I mean, if, it, if it's a magazine, a clip 
of spiritual bullets to put in your gun. Load it up and pray those over your kids. And then when you're done, then pray in the spirit over right. your kids. Right. What else you want to say? You done made me want to well, shout. You know, the thing is, I we, you know, we have what an hour, you know, yeah. and, and this is like this is like 40 hour or more teaching. And I have at the back of the book, we made this this book very thorough. I don't even know how many because I'm still re rereading the edits and I forgot how many scripture that I decided to add at the back. Multiple promises from God about our children and scriptures that we can pray for our children. Again, prayer opens up the door for God to work. The effectual fervent prayer of a praying parent avails much. But when you were talking, I was thinking about, you know, you were talking about while we look not at the things that are seen, they're temporal, the things that are unseen are eternal. You know, oftentimes people begin to pray. Parents begin to pray for their kids. They pray, 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 pray. And then they get out of that place of prayer. And the next thing you know, they're speaking negative or they're speaking the exact opposite about what they prayed. You mean they stop holding fast the confession yes. of their faith? Yes. You, that's it. You got to hold fast the confession of your faith without wavering. Yes. So when your child is in whatever the case may be, you're not moved by what you see, but instead of calling your friends and saying, can you believe, you know, X, Y, and Z, X, Y, and Z, whatever the case may be, you got to hold fast the confession of your faith without wavering. You remember Daniel? You remember when he was praying and the Bible says that the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me for 21 days. There was war in the heavenlies, just like there's war over the destinies of your children. There's war in the heavenlies. And let me just say this. I believe that the reason why there's so much war over these young people is because the devil is afraid of them. He's Absolutely. not only afraid of who they are, Michael, and this is a good point. He is afraid of who they are becoming and who they will become. And that's why there's so much war. The Apostle Paul said, I would have you know what great conflict I have for you and them that are in Laodicea. That conflict means to race against spiritual foes. So there's a conflict and there's a war over our children. And it's a spiritual battle. So in, da in Daniel, you know, the prince of the kingdom of Persia, he said, the angel said, withstood me for 21 days. But Daniel didn't, he didn't um, nullify his prayers by wrong speaking because the angel said, but I have come because of your words. So when you're praying for your children, you're speaking the word of God and you're praying in the Holy Ghost, please watch your confession. Watch what you say out of your mouth. We walk by faith and not by sight. Very important. Don't uproot your seed. Yes. Yeah. Every prayer is like a seed. It goes into the ground and it germinates and it flourishes. When we start making the wrong confessions over our kids, it uproots the seed and it nullifies your prayers. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And none of us are perfect. Nobody's perfect. But that's why you've got to stand on the word of God for your children. You know, I really believe that 
this next generation and the one after that that are coming, not only is the enemy afraid of what they will become, but I believe that because of the Malachi mandate, and the Malachi mandate is that before the great and dreadful day of the Lord will come, is that God will send Elijah the prophet who will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers. And in this season, we are seeing the hearts of true fathers and mothers being turned towards children like never before. You and I grew up in an era and a time in ministry where we were told, well, nobody helped me get it. And I got it from the school of hard knocks and I banged my head against the wall and you're going to get it. You and I, that's what we got told. And now there's a generation that you and I are a part of that have a mothering and a fathering heart Mm -hmm. that says, you don't need to bang your head against the wall because I've already done it. I can tell you what works and what doesn't work. And my ceiling is your floor. And where I end is where you begin. And you will far exceed me and do more than I've ever done and accomplish more than I've ever accomplished. And that's what has the enemy so scared. Because it's the Malachi mandate that's being fulfilled by our generation pouring into the next because they will go further than we've gone and will do more than we've done. And that's why we can't give up on the next generation, regardless of what it looks like, regardless of it looks like they're going to hell in a handbasket. Somebody once said, you can't outrun the long arm of the law. I promise you, you can't outrun the long arm of a praying mama or papa or grandmama or grandpapa that Mm -hmm. gets a hold of heaven's altar and gets a hold of you. They may feel like they are on rubber bands and they're trying to run and go to hell, but they can't because God will jerk the slack out and bring them back. Right. I mean, Michael, I have testimony after testimony after testimony after testimony after testimony after testimony of moms and dads who have prayed for their children and prayed them out of hell, death, the grave, drugs, all kinds of stuff. And it is the power of a praying parent. You know, I I do want to get into a certain subject. I just keep having an alert to to talk about this. Okay. You know, we, we talk about, you know, you can see the need in front of you, right? When it comes to your children, you can kind of get a sense for what they need. And you can tell by what comes out of their mouth, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So you can tell by what they're saying, that they're struggling with something or they're having a self-esteem issue or whatever. You can tell by all the natural, but, and you, you, you pray accordingly, but there's also an element of the supernatural. And I, I don't know what this is. I kind of feel in my heart that, that there's, and I want to call it a prophetic, a prophetic praying parents, a movement. 
I believe that a lot of the reasons why many of us have been raised up in the prophetic is not just for ourselves and for us to be prophetic in congregations, but I also believe that what God is saying to us is he wants us to be a prophetic praying parent. And I believe the Lord is going to usher in a movement on this behalf. And what do you mean by that? What I mean is, is, is you could see in the natural, the needs that our children may have, or our grandchildren, or your nieces, or your nephews. But what about the things you don't see that the Holy Spirit sees? Mm. For example, I call them prayer alerts or prayer burdens. And I want to address how does a prayer burden come? How do you know when there's something going on in the spirit that you can't see? And I want to just educate the listeners today, just in this regard for just for the next few minutes. I call it a prayer burden. I call it a prayer alert. And before I get into the ways that that comes as a parent, I'm going to give you an example. You know Rob Perna, Michael. Yes. Well, Rob Perna, he, he's worked with me in my media ministry for years and years and years. And the very first thing time we did a, um, a series of, of media uh, videos, he did it with me. And we did 25 of them. It was uh, Necessary Truths and Challenging Times. And we taped it right here in my living room. That was my studio. And one, one time I was doing one of the teachings, because we progressively did them week by week. And, and when I came out from the teaching and I was done with the teaching, I walked into my foyer. And how many of you know, a lot of the pictures of your kids and your family are in the foyer, in the foyer. Can't see my hand on the screen. Okay. I walked into my foyer. I took a look at one of my children who were in one of the pictures and something on the inside went off. If I was speaking publicly, I would say, say it with me. Something on the inside of me went off. Now, you can't describe it in the natural. Right. But the Bible says, they that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Your Something knower knows. Huh? Your knower knows. Yeah, your knower. So something on the inside of me went off. And it was like her picture lit up. And I went, huh. And it was a check. It was a green light. It was a stop. It was everything. I just had this something on the inside went off. And so I knew instinctively and intuitively as a prophetic praying parent, which we all are watchmen in our own homes. I knew instinctively that something's not right with her. And instinctively, I knew something's not right. And she's hiding something from me. Okay, so I took it to prayer. I didn't just dismiss it. You get an alert like that. God, you know, God wants to lead us and guide us. And he wants to preserve and protect our children. Right. So I took it to prayer and I prayed, 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 prayed. And then when this particular daughter came home, I sat her down because sometimes it's not just prayer. It's prayer and the natural. It's talking to your child and prayer. It's knowing your child's love language and prayer. It's understanding, you know, other things, how to be a good parent and prayer. Okay. So I sat her down outside here on my deck and I just said to her, Jacqueline, what's going on? And she's all nothing, mommy. Well, see, like you said, you know her nose. And I already had the prayer assignment. So I said, well, I don't know what's going on. I said, but I had a prayer alert from the Holy Spirit. And I just began to tell her. And the next thing you know, she broke down, started crying. And she told me, 
you know, everything that was going on. Okay. Now as a parent, I've, I've taught people, if you're raising kids and they tell you something, you got to have a poker face, even if it shocks you. So I just looked at her and I said, okay, no, no shocking, no, you know, poker face. Because if you're shocked and you act like, oh my God, then they'll never tell you anything. See, that's right. a mistake parents make. You can't get your kids to keep their heart open if you're shocked, if they tell you something. Because we should be the, we should be the Noah's Ark to our kids. We should be the safe place that they run to. You know, people say to me, how do you get your kids to tell you all the things that they tell you? I said, well, I just keep my heart open. I don't judge them. I'm there for them. As a matter of fact, these children need our counsel. They need our advice. Okay. And what a safer place other than a parent. So she told me everything that was going on. And, and that was a prayer alert. It was an unction. The, her picture lit up. You can't describe that in the natural, but I call that a prayer alert, a prayer burden. Something on the inside said something is not right with her. Mm. And so instead of dismissing it, I took it to the Lord. Now, here's another way that these, this, this um, can manifest. You can have a dream about one of your children, right? We hear Gary Fishman talking about dreams, interpreting dreams. And we have a lot of dream interpreters, a lot of people talking about dreams. What about when we get a dream about our children, one of our children, and you wake up and you're alarmed? What is that? That's the revelation of the Holy Spirit saying, pray for that child. Pray for that child. You may get the revelation, like I said, in an inner witness. I think what I had that something on the inside went off was an inner witness. You could get it in a word. I prayed for my kids and I'll get like I had this happen the other day with my son. I was praying with him about something. And I got a word. What was the word? I got a scripture for him. I got a scripture for him. So I shared that scripture with him. But that scripture and that word led me to know that that's what his need was. And here's the answer. You can get a, a prayer assignment through a vision or a dream. Okay, a vision. I've had that happen. Visions, right? right? About our kids. You could get it. One night I laid hands on one of my kids. To, to pray over them. And that's another good thing as parents. Listen, I know we're tired. I had three kids in one year. I, I, it takes tired to a whole new level when you're a parent. Okay. I had three kids. I had the triplet stroller, three babies, 21 bottles, 18 diapers, three kids in the bathtub, brushing three kids. Free. I get it. Their teeth, the whole thing. Okay. I was tired, but no matter how tired we are, moms and dads and grandmas, we cannot faint. We cannot give up. I would, to the best of my ability, every single night, lay hands on my kids and pray over them. The anointing that you have received abides in you. You don't have to be a five-fold ministry. And I'd lay hands on them, and the anointing that was in me would come out of my hand into my kids. The secret of the hiding of the power of God is in his hand. Yes. Lay hands. And you can lay hands on your children and your grandchildren. And I used to even lay hands on their friends when they would have sleepovers. I'd pray for all the kids, all of them, all of them. And one night I laid hands on one of my kids and I just heard on the inside of me about the scripture that talks about why be anxious about tomorrow for tomorrow will have anxiety of its own. And I just stopped and I looked at this child and I said, are you worried about something? And she would be like, well, like in a sense, how do you know? And I just told her what the Bible said. And then I took it to prayer. 
See, that's an alert. That's a burden. That's parenting. I should write that down. Supernaturally. <laughs> parenting supernaturally. Remember when Buddy Harrison used to talk about pastoring supernaturally? This is parenting supernaturally. Okay. Here's another way you could get a prayer alert or a prayer assignment. You think about that child or that grandchild or that niece or that aunt, and you get really grieved in your spirit. Mm. Really grieved. You think about it and you go, oh, grieved in my spirit. What is that? Take that to prayer. Pray in the Holy Ghost. You don't know what it is. Take it to the, into, to the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray that thing through to victory. We talk about this in this book. As a matter of fact, I talk about travail, travail and intercession, a subject I really have not talked about in any of my other writings in the depth that I did in this book. Here's another way the prayer burden can come. A strong love. You know, you're thinking about your kid. Yes, we love our kids, Michael. We love our kids. We love them. But then there's a supernatural, even greater, a, a, a greater depth of love that grabs a hold of you. And you're like, wow, I really love that child today. Well, get on the phone, call them. Yeah, do the thing in the natural. But do the thing in the spirit. Take that love and bring it into the place of prayer. Pray for them. You know, Jesus said, Greater love has no man than this, that a man would lay down his life for his friends. Jesus came to the earth as an intercessor, right? What he was saying is that's the greatest act of love. Yeah, we love our kids. We cook for our kids. We make cookies. We do all the things. We drive them everywhere, so on and so forth. But really the greatest act of love is praying for them. And so if you feel like a strong love, that's a prayer assignment. That's mm. the key to that. That's good. Parenting supernaturally. Prophetic praying parents. That's good. I don't think I've ever heard anybody say that before. Hmm. Is that in the book? It's in the book in detail. Good. Good. In detail. But I really had it on my heart to share that with many of you because, you know, we're not to be ignorant of Satan's devices. And the devil, listen. I, I could feel the heart of God in this goes about as a roaring lion. He is seeking to devour our children. Do not put your head in the sand and say, no, he's not. Yes, he is. You know, yeah. he's seeking to devour our children. And when we get these prayer alerts, they're coming from the heart of the father because he wants to stop the devouring of the enemy. And these children need to understand spiritual warfare. They don't understand spiritual warfare. You know, they don't understand oh, not all their thoughts are their thoughts. You know, they don't get it. We can take authority over that. And we should also teach them, Michael, which is what you said in the beginning. Yes, absolutely. So um, one of my sons, Stephen, is asking what the name of the book is. Again, please. <laughs> it's called Contend. Steward, and the subtitle is Stewarding the Hearts and Destiny of Our Children Through Prayer. It's not in print yet. It, we are hoping to get it. I, they're waiting on me, to be honest, because see this? Yeah, yeah. yeah I got to go through the whole thing. I've got stuff. I got to read through it, make sure it's exactly the way I want it. Um, but we're hoping to have it out by the end of the year. And I'm self-publishing this one. So when it comes out, Will it be done directly like through your ministry website? Are you going to have it on Amazon or where are you going to have it available? 
We're publishing it through Zulon and we got the best package available. So they're going to make it available on Kindle, on Amazon. I'll have it available on my website. Um, we'll advertise it on social media. It's really honestly the way to go these days. Okay. Now, for people that don't know your website, give everybody your ministry website so that they can follow you and tell everybody where all the places are that they can follow you. Um, if my, you can remember them all. I don't, I don't know what, what. Um, my ministry website is margieflorent.org. Those of you that knew me as the Riverman, it used to come up. You can, if, even if you Google the river, it comes up and it takes you there. But margieflorent.org. Can I, can I just tell everyone a really good thing to get, two books to get would be How to Really Love Your Children uh, by Dr. Ross Campbell. It's one of my most, that was like my other book that really helped me to understand parenting. He's also got one, How to Really Love Your Teens. And then the other one is The Five Love Languages of Children by Dr. Ross Campbell and Gary Chapman. And if you know your child's love language, you're going to know how to love them. And it'll keep their hearts open to you. And so I think that that's important. Awesome. Awesome. Now, you had said there was another book that you wanted yes. to talk about. I have a friend, Jamie Morgan. She just released this book. It's called Thirsty. It's an outstanding personal devotion. It's 31 day journey to personal revival. And I was so excited to, to have this book because it's something that God had laid on my heart that the body of Christ really needs right now is personal revival because so many have been so tired. I don't know if you've experienced it when you go into the churches, the people are like this, they're just tired. You can sense the, the, the tiredness. And so the Lord really wants to bring personal revival to each and every one of us. So this book is by Jamie Morgan. It's an outstanding book, and I would encourage you to get it. Uh, you could just, if you just Google it, you could find out, you could get it through just Googling. Okay. Oh, your friend Cindy is on. She just told you she loves you. Cindy Gelmini? Yeah. Hi, Cindy. I was talking about you earlier. <laughs> She's a powerhouse, that one. Watch out. I think I've met her once or twice yeah. through the wow. years with powerhouse. you. Powerhouse. So can I read something before we close? I know it's late. You absolutely you can do whatever you want to do. When you're with your brother, it. you can do whatever you want. Yeah, I know it's kind of late. But I received this word when I was in a conference with Yolanda Stiff. And I'm just going to read it to you. And then, Michael, we could, we could close he, the Lord said, everything I've given to you has come from my hands. I have a call and I have a plan and I have a strategy to take your children and bring them into another dimension of me. Didn't I say in my word that your sons and daughters would prophesy? And so it will be. It will be said of your children like it was said of the early church. Those who have turned the world upside down have come hither also. The enemy sees it and therefore there is great war against their destiny. There is great war against what I desire to do in this next generation. So I am calling you to stand in the gap. I am calling upon you to lift up your voice. For you have power and authority over all the works of darkness. As you stand and as you pray and as you intercede, nothing by any means will harm them. So pray, stand, and watch. 
Be sober and be vigilant. Your adversary, the devil, goes about as a roaring lion seeking to take them out. But you know better. The spirit of seeing and knowing is in many of the fathers and mothers in this day. And that's why I train so many of you in the prophetic. So mm. stir up the gifts that I've placed within you. Lift up your eyes and look and see, because I desire to do great and mighty things in and amongst this generation. And so it will be. I will. You will stand and you will watch and you will give birth to that which I have called them to be and do. Don't grow weary in well-doing. Don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. Look unto me. I am the author. I am the finisher of that which I have called your sons and daughters in this generation of young people that I am raising up. Yes. <clears throat> I am raising them up. I am also raising you up and perfecting everything in your souls that would hinder you from being all that I have called you to be in their lives so that your prayers are not hindered. I need you to be healed and whole. So this day I am strengthening you by my spirit in the inner person in your core and you can sense my strengthening in you. And I believe that's happening during this broadcast. You can sense my working in you, and it's not just for you. It's on the behalf of what I desire to do in and amongst your children and this generation of youth. I see an army, and then I began to see. I see an army rising up. It's an army of young men and young women, those who are called and ordained to live in a time such as this. The enemy is seeing that they're arising, and he is afraid of them. The enemy knows that things about the realm of the spirit that some of my people don't know about the realm of the spirit. He sees that they are rising up. Little Joshua's, little Jeremiah's, little Caleb's, little Mary's, little Deborah's. I see many, many, many more ministry gifts in, gifts in, this, in any generation. They are called and they are anointed with ministry gifts because where sin abounds, my grace is going to so much more abound. I am anointing them. And many signs and wonders will follow them. They need grace. So I am calling you to seek my face. And I'm calling you to stand in the gap like you've never stood in the gap before so that there are no surprises. I'm going to teach you how to pray. I'm going to teach you how to war. I'm going to teach you how to go in until you have breakthrough on the behalf of those whom I have called you to watch over. I called you to watch over them and to stand in the gap for them. And you will say yes because of your love and your heart for your children and this generation. Remember, I said in my word that if you be willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. There is great sorrow when your children are bowed down like the woman who was crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten her up, and there was great sorrow. But when you pray, I hear you, and they are released and set free from their bondages. Just don't be moved by what you see. Don't be moved by what you hear. You must only be moved by one thing and one thing alone. The fact that all the promises of God are yes and amen. And all of your children will be taught of the Lord and great will be the peace and undisturbed composure of your children. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Project podcast. For more content, video, and teachings like this, visit margieflorent.org.